Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Welcome to another episode of Loose Ends, the spin-off podcast where Dad and I keep you company during quarantine. Dad, how are you this morning? I'm fantastic. How are you? I'm pretty good. <laughs> Paul, you are prone to exaggeration. Do you know that? Piss off. Like you do a caricature of my voice and it's not accurate. It's pretty accurate. At all. World class, John. World class. Did you see the photograph I did on Instagram this morning? The No, I didn't. Oh, well. Oh, okay. Can, can I just, I, I have to ask, can I, look, listeners, I know that most people have parents and those parents probably send very Do you know brief... that most people have parents? That's a weird thing to say. Uh, one person didn't and he died for our sins. Thank you very much. Dad, what I'm trying to say is that parents tend to send very truncated text messages. You know, they're like, it's one word, there's no punctuation. I'll yep. send a big heartfelt thing and you'll just send, great, no exclamation mark, no full stop, lowercase, yep. right? Yep. And then I check onto your fucking Instagram and it's like you write an essay under every post. So I know you can write articulate things. <laughs> so what the fuck is going on? Paul, um, Paul. Yes. I did a very good Instagram picture this morning of, um, of a pet... Uh, of a pet that we have, uh huh, uh huh. It's, it it has a genuine people personality in terms of its its plastic. Excellent, uh, Hitchhiker's Guide. It's a reference, rhino. But, yeah. yeah, but what what I'm trying to say here, Dad, is that underneath that picture, you wrote a bunch of stuff, and you used punctuation, and you know, you used emojis, and then there's like 50 hashtags. Yeah, so, what's your point? My point is, you need to send better text messages because when I send you something heartfelt, well, I like I to be succinct. Not on your Instagram, apparently. No, that's different. That's to a that's to a multi, a worldwide audience. Are you saying the audience is more important than me? No, but you you understand me quite well. You think I do, but sometimes it's hard to understand the single word. All I'm saying is up your text game. That's okay, all I'm I will. saying. Yep, I'll double it. And I expect hashtags in my messages. Okay. Cool. Hashtag dads of dads of phone dads. Hashtag, anyway. So last week, you mentioned a very strange story and you said that mum was involved in something where somebody cut her brake lines mm. and given that you're both in the same room, yep. would you would you like to pop her on for a second and she can tell myself and the listeners what happened? 
Okay, well, um, Christine's working from home yep. in a very senior role. She'll just have to get a little Bundy card and Bundy off for five minutes. Well, if mum is her own boss, maybe she can ask herself for uh, an early lunch break. Uh, but if she if she says yes to herself, then maybe she can give herself a pat on right, the back. Right, right. Christine, would you like to come over here for a sec? It's been fun, listeners. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll get you back. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, we'll get you back on the show sometime. We'll have All you right, on as a Christine? guest. Christine? All right, so Christine's coming over now. All right. All right. Hang on a sec. Good morning. Good morning, Mum. Can you hear me? Yeah. I can hear you perfectly well. How are you? I'm very well. <laughs> it's weird. Yes. <laughs> okay, great. You can't get all shy. You've been on the show before, you know. Well, I'm, I'm waiting for the prompts. <laughs> uh, oh, right. Okay. Well, because last time we were sitting across from each other so you could see me. Um, what's funny, Mum, is uh, the editors at Penguin and I have just been going through the chapters of the book in which you are featured. So. Yes. I mean, first of all, I'd like to ask how you feel about the fact that you are effectively a character in the book, in the second book now. Well, it's very hard to quantify how I feel because I haven't read the parts of the book that I'm in. Oh, shit, that's right. So once I know what the content is, well, then I can express my feelings. Okay, so I have you fighting off a team of 15 ninjas barehanded, but apart from that, I'm guessing it's pretty accurate. Okay, that's okay then. Cool, good. Yeah. Now, last episode, Dad mentioned something about you getting your brake lines cut, and I didn't want to bury the lead, but I thought it would be much better, given that you're literally in the room and that listeners are familiar with you, that yes. you would. I thought maybe you'd like to tell the story yourself. Well, when I was about, oh, I would have been, I must have been seventeen, sixteen, seventeen, mm. because I had just um, passed my driving test. Yep. And I purchased my stepmother's Volkswagen Beetle, pale blue yep. colour, for a, I can't remember how much I paid for it, maybe it was back, gosh, giving away my age here, um, back in the 70s, I think I paid a couple of thousand dollars for it. Right, I'm guessing and, it was pretty pretty affordable. At yeah, the time. it was really yeah. exciting. Um, mm. She'd had it for a few years, but it was the perfect little car for me, so I purchased it, and um, my stepmother had... A fairly, um, well, very dysfunctional relationship with her ex-husband. Mm. And there'd been ongoing hostilities um, and pretty nasty stuff going on for many years. So in this instance, what happened was I got up one morning. I don't remember whether it was a weekday or weekend. And I drove off in the in the Volkswagen and... Must have been probably within a couple of blocks of leaving home. Yeah. Um, that I went to apply the brakes to slow down and nothing happened. So I thought, gosh, this. I pumped the brakes. Um, and then being a brand new driver, like I hadn't yeah. driven for more than a few months on the road. Um, yeah. Something kicked in there, a bit of self preservation or survival <laughs> instincts. And I basically used the gears to slow the car down oh, and then geez. used the handbrake to stop the car. I don't think I was going... Well, I must have been going, I suppose, 50 or 60 kilometres because I was just travelling on a normal road, but I managed to pull the car Do you remember, do you remember where around. it was? Do you remember where, like, whereabouts uh, you were? Well, I was living in DY, Northern Beaches, so yeah. it would have been within a couple of kilometres of home, I imagine, although I think the brakes would have con- continued to work for a little bit. Yeah. Until there was nothing left as far as the brake fluid went. I'm not really sure how brakes operate, but anyway. So that was pretty scary. And then 
um, no mobile phones back then, so I had to find the nearest um, garage with a telephone. And um, I can't remember what happened. I think, obviously, my stepmother and my father organised for the car to be towed and repaired. But yeah. it was a pretty scary... I suppose I took it in my stride, actually. But I remember thinking, gosh... Um, and not not being not having having driven for too long, I suppose I was a little bit naive about what the consequences could have been if it uh-huh. had played out. So I found it a little bit distressing, but I wasn't super freaked out by it or anything like that. But the same person, there'd been a whole string of things happening over many months. So before this had happened. Um, there, my stepmother had two children, and there were four in our family, so six of us. And it was a weekend night a few months before that, and we were yeah. all asleep in bed. And my father and stepmother had gone out for a meal, or out for dinner, whatever they were doing. And then I just remember waking up and hearing this loud thudding and yelling, and I felt really hot, and I couldn't work out why. It turned out, um, it transpired that. And it could never be proven in a court of law, but because of everything else that had happened in succession, um, it was basically put down to the fact that my stepmother's ex had set fire to the garage in the back of the house. Oh, my God. we were all home asleep in the house, and we had a dog and a bird and all the rest of it. So what the thumping was that was that the next-door neighbour or the guy across the road with his wife, they'd come home and they'd thought, that's a bit weird, there's no fire engines, there's a fire at the back of the house and there's kids that live in there. So they basically, he rammed the front door down and dragged all of us out of the house um, with pets and all and we were all out on the front lawn and the fire brigade, he rang the fire brigade. And then my stepmother and father turned up, they saw this glow in the distance and they were coming down the hill and they thought gosh, that's a fire, it's very close to home. And then they obviously realised what was going on and went into panic mode. But the Mm. police and the fire brigade did establish later on that there was an accelerant used to light the fire, which started in the garage at the back of the house. And it didn't burn a lot of the house, but it was pretty well getting close to, you know, (laughs) being a bit of a tricky situation. But I just remember waking up and feeling, thought, gosh, I feel so hot looked out the window and just saw flames. So it was... Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, so it was a pretty, pretty scary year that year, actually. <laughs> so, so so effectively, did they ever figure out who did it? Who did they the could fire? Never, they could never pin... I mean, there was obviously... It was a suspicious fire. Yeah. The accelerant was used to light it. My father and stepmother hadn't been home for many hours, and that was the one person that had a lot of grievances... Um, it was a bit mental, really. But um, oh there were lots of other things that happened that I won't go into. But he, he, it was many, many events over many months. And the car brakes being cut was the final thing that happened. Um, and every time, of course, police reports were made and investigations were undertaken. But you could never quite, you know, pin down where he was at the time. But um, I know that there was an AVO out against him at the time to keep him away but anyway the rest is history <laughs> here i am <laughs> jesus do you think that any of this contributed to your desire to effectively fight crime when you became a police officer like did any of this factor into your decision making when you you know when you no, dealt with things not consciously we all gather life experiences from growing up 
as kids and teenagers and into adulthood and it all becomes part of our our makeup you know it's mm. it's what makes us as people those those um, experiences in life mm. relationships and good and bad experiences that's what makes you evolve and become a better person hopefully mostly um, yeah. and that's 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 what you are you're you're a you are who you are because of what you've where you've been and what you've experienced so maybe it maybe grow up quickly maybe it it may have had an impact upon my choice choice of careers I'm not really sure but I wasn't consciously aware of of going out to fight crime to you know protect people that might suffer what what I went through that wasn't at all in my mind well I still think I still think it's bloody heroic I think that's really cool oh my god your life is very Oh, I've got boy. many other stories, but that'll do for today. Okay. Well, look, really, I think uh, I speak for everyone listening when I say thank you so much for popping on and telling some truly terrifying stories for us. Um, That's okay. I guess you've got to get back to work. I do have to get back to work. Working from home is a challenge, but um, have to be very disciplined. <laughs> it's, uh, are you, are you going to be heading back, back into the real world anytime soon? You think? Um, I think my organization's thinking about one day a week starting in the next couple of weeks, just easing back staff, maybe 30% to start with. But, you know, everything's dictated by what's happening out there in the wider community. Mm. Mm. Um, so one day at a time. But it's been a pretty bizarre, surreal uh, experience the yeah. last few months for everyone, I'm sure. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, All right. I'll just, I will hand back to John. Yep. Okay. Give me one minute. Thanks, Mum. Okay. All the best, everybody. Bye. 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 (laughs) How are you going, mate? I'm good. What was it like um, listening to that story? Yeah, it was fantastic. I've heard it only 20 or 30 times. 
Oh, I see. I see how it is. I actually had a question sent to me, and I can't recall who sent it, but somebody wanted to know what the best film or TV show about firefighters was, in your opinion. The weird thing about that question, Paul, and I, I'm quite sure I've touched on it before, but and maybe I have, maybe I haven't, but if you were to do an accurate film on firefighting, you'd never see anything because you can't see inside a fire. Yeah, but presumably you could shoot around that or use cinematic techniques. But, for example, the film Backdraft. Yeah. Uh, do you, are you a fan of these films? Do you think they're crap? Do you think any of them get it right? No, not really. They, they get it right perhaps up, up, up to and including the point where they enter the building. But let's face it, once you enter the building, that's where the action happens and that can't be filmed. And the only way they kind of do it, they've done it really badly in the 70s sitcoms where in those really appalling movies, those disaster films, what were they called? Um, Earthquake, Inferno, The Towering Inferno. Oh, yeah. Um, which were like the Poseidon Adventure, mm. which were at the time seemed pretty exciting, but boy, oh, boy. <laughs> that's got a long-standing beef with those films. No. <laughs> you know what gets my goat? The Poseidon Adventure. <laughs> there'll be a few people there'll be a few people that know or recall that film. It was yeah. a B grade film. Hmm. In fact all films in the eighties, I think, were, were B grade, late Oh 70s. no, what are you talking about? That's no well, a lot a lot of them. I mean the Deer Hunter was not a B grade film and um Apocalypse Now and a few others. The thing is, Paul, that I've seen quite a few B and C and D grade films where they portray fires and what they do is you go inside the burning building and and what they do is, or what they did on set is they had all these concealed like gas burners Mm -hmm. and they just lit them all. So they're all these weird flickering flames. Nothing's actually burning. (laughs) They've like got these flickering gas flames coming from near uh, like a desk, but the desk miraculously does not ignite uh-huh. which is quite amazing but the main problem for me with watching those films is there's no smoke right you okay, with me okay, okay. yeah yeah i gotcha 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 so and that as for for, for firefighters mm. i think that um but it'd be a bit weird if everyone just went to the cinema not that people go to the cinema anymore but if they did go to the cinema and all sat there and just watched say two hours of of smoke and then what? all went home like the credits then came up It'd be accurate, and then it, and then everyone just went home, and that 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 would be a very accurate portrayal of a fire, very avant-garde from within the building. Yeah, yeah. Do you, and you do just you, have to sit there, sort of using your imagination for two hours, or just fill the cinema with smoke, and then shoot a, shoot the fire without any actual smoke, and have the smoke in the cinema play the role of the smoke in the film. Does that yeah, make that's sense? a good idea. Yeah. Or be inside the cinema, and they actually set the, the cinema on fire. Sure. And then all try and get out of one little door. Like an escape room. Yep. Yep. We did um, an escape room, by the way. We, uh, we all did an escape room. You, me, mum, Tegan did one. And I think it's... Fa- I mean, I would be curious to see what you felt, how you felt um, being put in a fake situation of peril, given that you've been in real perilous situations. I once... Play- Have you ever done paintball? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, you know, with paintball, at first, you think it's just a bit of a game. But then after a while, you really get into it. Yes. And it makes you realise, um, I, I did it a few years ago. A, it was incredibly painful mm. being shot, particularly at close range when people just came up and shot me in the legs just for fun. <laughs> the bruising was frightening. Yeah. But imagine if they were actual bullets. Oh, 100%. The way to enjoy those things, I assume, is to, is to treat it as if it's real. even. Though yeah, well, they become real, don't they? Yeah. You know, yeah. that's why when emergency services 
um, do all these scenarios for mm. um, all these different types of accidents. Uh, you know, I, I did uh, one at the airport. Uh, it was a hostage situation with a jumbo. And at did first, you? have I told you this story? No. At first, uh, it was a full-on terrorist situation, and yeah. for a while, everyone was just treating it as a bit of a, you know, it was just a just a game. But boy, oh boy, it. it it became really real, and it was you know, in the end, it becomes so visceral and scary that you immerse yourself totally in the whole thing. And they would bring in people that have been shot, and um, you know, accidentally, of course, not accidentally, but made up to look as though they'd been shot. When and did the, you do this? When I was in the police force. When you were in the really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How have we not so done was, this story before? I, I can hardly hear you now, Paul. I'm afraid I can literally. Can you hear like, me now? Nah, it's like a Dalek. I can't. I hardly understand it. That's very odd. Okay. Unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, well, look, let me just check the time count. 21 minutes. No, okay. I can't we... hear you at all now. Fuck's sake. No. You've completely gone. You can't hear me at all? No, it's just like a... <laughs> but I said you can't hear me at all and I you said no. I understand a word. <laughs> it's like being out in the, the universe, the dark right, universe, and just on, you're just on, a little bit of... Listeners won't be aware of this, but we just had probably 15 minutes of very stressful technical issues. Paul, I would like to say to you on the record, yep, um, and that's not off the record on the QT, but you're very tolerant and I really appreciate it. And I'm Actually, sorry, but for, that, for 15 of those minutes, for probably seven of them, I was laughing uncontrollably. I was screaming so loud that Tegan messaged me from the other room to ask <laughs> if everything was all right. I, I had, well, I couldn't hear you screaming. No, no, it's probably. That's for the like best. if you're screaming. That's like if you're just self-ejected from a, a spaceship and you're in the universe, like out there in the, whatever. Yeah. Where there's no atmosphere and you're and you're screaming. It's like that. And no one can hear you. No one can hear but you. But it'd be like I was looking through as you were floating away, and I'm on the I'm on the inside of the spacecraft. Yeah. In a fairly pleasant environment, waving at you. Just happy as Larry. Larry Talking Hagman. To- Larry Hagman, talking your parents through tech issues is one of the... Look, it's one of the worst things... I agree. But are you saying that it's always my fault? <laughs> it's mostly your fault. It's mostly your fault. <laughs> Paul, can you do me a favour? Can you take two suppositories and call me in call the morning? Call in the morning. Yeah, okay. I'll, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, did you hear the one about the um, constipated mathematician? Yep. He worked it out with a pencil. I know. Yeah. Do you have any um do you have any dad jokes? I know you're not a dad joke person, but do you have any dad cuz you are obviously part of this narrative of loose units and electric blue is that, you know, father and son, but you've never really told any dad jokes. Do you have No, any? well, uh, can I just can I just What was that noise? Bloody Laura. What was that noise? I think it was the garbos. Oh. Or uh, should I refer to them as garbologists? I was driving we were all in the country once, yeah. Uh, driving along, and I was doing about 60, 70 kilometres an hour, and a chicken came up alongside the car, mm-hmm. and I looked down at it, and it looked up at me, yeah. And I, I just couldn't believe a chicken could actually run that fast, right? And then I, um, I cranked it out to seventy kilometres an hour, yeah. And the chicken caught up with us. And I looked down again, and there it was. I looked down, it looked back at me. And then I I thought, this is ridiculous. We're on a country road heading up north in a really beautiful area, um, sort of up near the Hunter Valley. 
and I cranked it out to 80 and I, and I thought this is impossible and um, I looked down and there was the chicken running on the road next to the car and then I thought this is ridiculous and I took it right up, right up to 100 and we're doing 100 kilometres an hour yeah. on a country road you kids are in the back yeah. and the chicken draws up alongside again and then it's it's level pegging at 100 kilometres an hour this chicken and then all of a sudden there was a like a uh, like a country path off to the right and it just did this incredible almost right hand sharp right hand turn and just sped off along this dirt track so I pulled up and I thought I, I need to know I need to find out about this chicken and um so we backed up and I drove along this road for about half a kilometre yeah. and I came to a chicken farm. I don't remember the name of the farm. And uh, this farmer comes out and I'm just explaining the story to him and he said, well, that is right. He said, they're, in- they're incredible. He said, they're actually three-legged chickens. And he, it turns out he bred these three-legged chickens. Do you know why? Why? For the extra drumstick. And I and I, do you know what I said to him? What? I said, God. I said that's incredible. What do they taste like? And he said, I don't know. I've never been able to catch one. So, oh, anyway, a terrible joke. At what point in that story did you begin to realise that it was possibly a joke? Um, that we were talking about jokes, and you started telling me what was clearly a joke. Good point. Yeah, this, Good. Was, this it was really just the, the time for it, you know. Mm. Good point. Oh, well, that's a good note to finish on. Thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of Loose Units, Loose Ends. Hey, Paul. And yeah, Paul. Um, when am I actually going to be able to read the book, the second book? Well, how about next week? Are you serious? Yeah. I'll get you a secret advance copy next week. Okay, well, what I'd really like to do, and I mentioned it to Tegan a few days ago, Mm. I'm looking forward to the time, without giving spoilers, but I really would like to do some fireside chats with you about the actual, like, just get right into it. Yeah. Can we do that? We, we can. Don't worry. Great. We'll have okay. lots and lots of book stuff coming up. And cool, we'll have cool. lots more news for everyone on the book. Yep. And, yep. you know, what a great time. What a great time to be into Loose Units. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Um, be safe. Have a great weekend. And we will see you first thing next week for more Loose Units. Can't wait. All the best. Cheers, mate. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.